Green Pastures are the weekly devotions published by Vineyard Boise, consisting of four parts, the reading, the reflection, the question, and the prayer. Green Pastures for Wednesday, April 27th. Diving into Galatians on the art of translation. Today's scripture reading is from Galatians chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, from the MAV, which reads, A missive from a missionary, from me, Paul, minister plenipotentiary. Okay, seriously, I'm just a runner for Jesus, vested with power and purpose. This power and purpose being of no human origin, nor did any human individual or institution launch me on this path. Oh, contraire, this is solace, Jesus, solely through the agency of Jesus the Messiah himself, with the full backing of God the Father, who fully backed him by raising him from the dead. Joining me in extending this greeting is the whole illustrious band of brothers here with me, to say nothing of all the sisters. To all the gathered Jesus communities of faith and practice scattered across the countryside of Galatia, empowering divine favor to you all with a healthy dose of liberating divine peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus the Messiah, who, as we so often recite, gave himself for the accumulated mass of all of our mess so that he might carry out the ultimate rescue, extracting us from the downward spiral of this present evil age because this is what our God and Father wants. To whom be a swelling chorus of praise and acclamation growing in intensity through every succeeding age to the end of time. So say we all. This is God's word. So you may have just noticed today's passage reads a bit differently from the way the same text sounded the last two days. Welcome to the art of translation or at least the practice of it, since it's my rather playful stab at it. If you didn't recognize the MAV as a translation, it's because MAV stands for Mike's Amplified Version, or perhaps Mike's Authorized Version. Though I prefer Amplified over Authorized, even if Authorized makes me giggle a bit since I'm not a king like James, but why shouldn't a guy like Mike have the authority to produce a version? In fact, We all will ultimately produce our own translation of Galatians, whether we like it or not. But I'm getting ahead of myself. So, this is Mike's amplified version, which is a bit like Mike's hard lemonade, only with scripture texts instead of lemons. Though, no doubt many who sip it will find themselves puckering more than pleased, as if this were yet another offering from Herb Ertlinger's winery in Schitt's Creek. Or was it Herb Erfling or Irv Herblinger? Okay, it doesn't matter. In which case, I freely invite you to return to your more taste-preferred translational libation. To each his own, yes? But I simply have to play. And I invite you to play with me each week as we go through the pages of Paul's letter to the Galatians. I'll start off each week, I'm thinking this is the plan anyway, we'll see what happens, because things are subject to change. I'll start off each week with the standard fare of a standard version, but then invite you to sip the MAV to help wash it down. 
So where does Mike get off coming up with his own translation? A while back, I read Thomas Merton's translative musings on the teachings of the ancient Chinese philosopher Yuan I think it's Yuan Zi. It's T-S-U. So I think it's Yuan Zi. My apologies to all Chinese everywhere. Okay, and this was Thomas Merton's rationale for making such translational musings. And they struck a chord in me. It's not a perfect parallel by any means with translating Galatians, but it catches the flavor. Merton writes, the notes have in time acquired a shape of their own and have become, as it were, imitations of Yuan-Chi, or rather, free interpretive readings of characteristic passages which appeal especially to me. These readings of my own grew out of a comparison of four of the best translations of Yuan-Chi into Western languages, two English, one French, and one German. In reading these translations, I found very notable differences and soon realized that all who have translated Yuangzi have had to do a great deal of guessing. Their guesses reflect not only their degree of Chinese scholarship, but also their own grasp of the mysterious way described by a master writing in Asia nearly 2,500 years ago. Since I know only a few Chinese characters, I obviously am not a translator. These readings are then not attempts at faithful reproduction, but ventures in personal and spiritual interpretation. Inevitably, any rendering of Zhuangzi is bound to be very personal. Though from the point of view of scholarship, I'm not even a dwarf sitting on the shoulders of these giants. And though not all my renderings can even qualify as poetry, I believe that a certain type of reader will enjoy my intuitive approach to a thinker who is subtle, funny, provocative, and not easy to get at. I believe this not on blind faith, but because those who have seen the material and manuscript have given evidence of liking it and have encouraged me to make a book out of it. Thus, I do not think that this book calls for blame, if someone wants to be unpleasant about it, he can blame me and my friends, especially Dr. John Wu, who is my chief abettor and accomplice and has been a great help in many ways. We are in this together. And I might as well add that I have enjoyed writing this book more than any other I can remember. So I declare myself obdurately impenitent. My dealings with Zhuangzi have been most rewarding. Okay, end of quote. Now, I'm pretty sure nothing I write will qualify as poetry either, but it is likewise an intuitive approach to a thinker, Paul, who is subtle, funny, provocative, and not easy to get at. And while, as opposed to Merton's limited grasp of Chinese characters, I know and have trafficked in all of the Greek characters for four decades and counting, I would still label Mike's amplified version a free, yea, playful, interpretive reading. Though I think my official subtitle would be a most improper translation of ancient scripture. This is me dancing with a very old friend of over four decades acquaintance, specifically Paul in Galatians. That's how long I've been memorizing and reciting this book in English, even as I've been absorbing it in Greek and reading it in multiply translations. The Greek is 
the bare text from which I translatingly muse, as I likewise sit perched as a mere dwarf, not even a dwarf, on the shoulders of past giants. But there is no Dr. John Woo for me to blame if you end up strongly puckered and want to get unpleasant about this. If you're puckered rather than pleased, well, there's just me to blame. Though I may direct your ire to my friend Stephen Jones, who has shamelessly and persistently encouraged my translational wantonness over the years. But here's the point, the real takeaway point. We all ultimately produce our own translation of Galatians, or of any biblical text for that matter. And it's the only translation that really matters, or that most people you encounter will ever read. It's called your life. We are, each of us, the only translation of ancient scripture that most people will ever read. So, let's make it a good one, eh? Hopefully, Mike's amplified version will help make it so. So now, it's your turn to read again. But might I suggest this time you sip a bit on this from another of Paul's letters, specifically one verse from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, which would be verse 3. Your very lives are a letter that anyone can read by just looking at you. Christ himself wrote it, not with ink, but with God's living spirit, not chiseled into stone, but carved into human lives. And we publish it. See, I can be a kind devotional writer after all. I just gave you one verse rather than six or seven chapters. So hear it again, personalized and tweaked just a bit more for your squirming pleasure. Your very life is a letter that anyone can read by just looking at you. Christ himself writes it, not with ink, but with God's living breath, not chiseled into stone, but carved into your daily life, published with each breath and step that you take. So just how is your own translation of scripture coming along? Just what sort of version of ancient scripture are you publishing with each breath and step you take? How might it be alternately pleasing and puckering those who read it, this translational musing of you? Lord, let me not merely read Galatians, or study Galatians, or parse Galatians, or ponder Galatians, or debate the theological import and content of Galatians. Let me become your living translation of Galatians, accessible and readable, though at times perhaps inscrutable or even inconceivable, alternately pleasing or puckering those exposed to the translation of my life. Make me a living, walking, breathing, stumbling, and often soaring translation of Galatians and of the full volume of ancient writ, as you take ancient writ and make it living writ with each breath and step of my daily life, through your Spirit with, upon, and in me. Amen.